Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Greetings and salutations. Thank you for spending the hockey off day with us. It's not fully off. There was still the NHL draft lottery that did happen today, and we're going to get into that. But joining me is Paul Eihander, my uh, my fearless leader uh, on the Playmakers and my uh, best uh, hockey sidekick here at CBS Sports Radio 1140. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for a short shifted nightcap this afternoon, Paul. Hey, my uh, skates are sharp and it's all taped up, ready to go. Yep, you look it, you look it, you feel it, and we all know once you look good, you feel good, and you play good. And a team that's probably feeling pretty good right now is those New York Rangers, Paul, because they were uh, they, they were the benefactors of, of an NHL draft lottery that went awry a few weeks ago, where you have teams like the Detroit Red Wings or the Ottawa Senators, who are just god-awful at the hockey, uh, but they weren't able to secure that top NHL draft lottery spot, and that went to a team that was eliminated this past weekend out of the qualifying rounds and the Rangers were that team 12.5% uh, chance for everyone who lost that was the Oilers that was the Panthers that was the Wild the Predators the Rangers the Penguins the Leafs and the Jets and the Rangers for the first time since 1965 when they selected Andre Veyu with their first overall pick this is the first time they're going to have that pick they're going to pick Alexis Lafreniere and G dang it Paul that rebuild process with Capo Caco and Artemi Panarin and all of the great talent they have on that roster just got a little more expedited. Yeah, it feels like it. If you go to the uh, if you go to the Rangers website page, slight excite. Oh, it's literally the number one pick is ours. It says the next chapter is now. It's the only thing you see on the, the page. The next They're chapter ready. is now. They're absolutely ready, and you know that you know you know Panarin needs some help. I mean, it's it's very clear that 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 team, uh, you know, struggled throughout the entire season. Obviously, the Islanders overshadowed them, you know, in a number of ways in, the, in during the season and the off season as well. Mm-hmm. They get a new home. They're still playing. There's you know they're still yeah. in the running for the cup. And the Rangers felt you know short sighted. And then you know the lucky lottery ball falls their way a couple hours ago, and then they find themselves in a different situation where they can get the fan base excited a little bit. And sure. you know you know any any luck is good luck. Yeah, and especially after last year, missing out, just barely missing out on the Jack Hughes sweepstakes, uh, they ended up uh, selecting Capo Caco with number two overall, which was a lot more of a, a contentious one and two, kind of uh, likening it to the Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan draft. I think that was 2010-ish, where it was like, we don't know, they're both great prospects. And so are Capo and, and, and Jack Hughes. 
But they didn't exactly make the biggest cannonball splash in the league, but I think that's going to be a much different story with Alexis Lafreniere as it was with Connor McDavid, with with Austin Matthews, just because he is a full-blown, grown human man at 18, 19 years old, and some some people just mature earlier and able to use that body of theirs to impose their will earlier in their career. And it's, I'm sure the Rangers fans are really excited considering uh, of how quickly they were dispatched over, over the, the last couple weeks in their brief moment in the Stanley Cup playoffs some this year. But, you know, that's... The draft lottery that was never going to be in the cards for for us here at the as as a as a, a Vegas Golden Knights town and 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 radio station here, Paul. And the Vegas Golden Knights over the weekend ended up just straight up winning, which is the, what they've been doing since everything restarted. They beat the Arizona Coyotes in the exhibition game. They beat the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday. They beat the Dallas Stars in their first game. They beat the St. Louis Blues, and they have secured the number one overall seed in the in for for the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are going to be straight up seven game series, just like they always are henceforth from now on. The good news about the Knights as they come into this and and having a successful round robin is that they don't have to answer too many questions as they do enter the playoffs. It, you know, everything seemed to be clicking. They get mm-hmm. they get timely goals. They had plenty of offense, so that, I think that was Tons. the I think. That was the one worry for a lot of teams is were they going to be able to score goals and was it going to be about, you know, really the it was was the goalie position going to be the most important thing for all the teams that were in the round robin and in the play in? Yes. And the, <laughs> the answer absolutely was yes. Uh, you know, and it was just a matter in terms of the Knights, it was a matter of having to come from behind yet again, you know, time after time early on and mm-hmm. were able to stay up, you know, on, you know, the Avs in that game and had to take it to overtime. And it felt like we were going to have a lot of extra hockey that afternoon until Alex Tuck, who has magically shown up. Here Ever since the- you mentioned him about having a big time playoff and how impactful that would be for your Vegas Golden Knights playoff chances. He scored three goals, baby. He, he did. And he's been, he's been in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. It's clear he's maximizing the opportunities that he's had and they're going to lean on him a little bit. And for the Knights to have such you know, available scoring, you know, it didn't all come from one player. Although when you look at some of the analysis, Mark Stone did actually step up quite a bit. He was playing. He does that, doesn't he? It was both and both ends too, not mm-hmm. just on offense where he was setting things up for not himself, but for his teammates, but playing some decent defense as well. And it, it's, it's one of those things where you look at this team and do you sense that it's special? Do you sense that something amazing is about to happen, which is not something that we were saying six months ago by any means, even before the pause, you saw glimmers and, but you saw the change. The right. change in coaching, the change in attitude, the change in philosophy, and the pause did this team a lot of good. And now that they get to roll into this uh, seven-game series, hopefully it's not seven against Chicago because I think the longer it goes, and again, we're going to get into this, but I think the longer a series goes, the more t- you are going to get tired because these right. guys aren't, you know, they're th- while they're still, while they still have had four months to sit, you know, right. and get healthy, it still doesn't necessarily translate later and later and later as you come closer to the cop. Right. And the longer you uh, let somebody stay in a game, the more they think that they can win. If you keep it close, and, and, and that's and that's what was the, a, a big challenge for the Knights because it wasn't like they were skating particularly well against all of the teams that they faced off against in the round robin. Like, they got their butts beat multiple times by the Colorado Avalanche. But this past Saturday, you saw a much calmer team, a, a team that didn't score in their first period but didn't get scored on. On. And, and that was one of the big uh, uh, things that I took away from that Colorado Avalanche game because 
we talked about we wanted a low-scoring game because we've seen so many goals scored, especially on the Golden Knights against that matchup. And just to see what a true playoff hockey matchup would look like in between two highly skilled teams uh, and and the two Western, the best Western Conference teams, at least in my opinion, and clearly by the standings as well. And and the thing that was most distinctive for me that I saw from the Golden Knights wasn't that they that they beat the team kind of or beat the Avs at their own game. But in the way where they weren't really able to get anything going in that first period or even different parts of the game, but they were able to make sure that the abs didn't either. And that's a big thing for not just any hockey team, but especially for the Golden Knights who gave up goals in bunches early in the round robin yep. uh, against Dallas, against St. Louis, has have done that uh, several times over the course of the regular season. That doesn't really count or matter anymore at this point. But still, something that you just like to see, even just to make sure that you're still on, you're still driving. Things in cruise control sometimes, but you just want to make sure that you're not making any sudden lane changes where you're not just crashing your car, but th- theirs as well. And so, I thought the game that we saw against the Avalanche, I'm like, first of all, sign me up for seven game, uh, a seven game series between those two teams. It's gonna be an unbelievable uh, a matchup if that's able to happen, and one that will happen later in the rounds. But in the meantime. They're going to be facing a, a team and some uh, some names that are very familiar with those late round uh, uh, playoff successes and, and Stanley Cups and the Chicago Blackhawks. And as much as we like to overlook teams that are towards those bottom seeds, and they definitely would not be in the playoffs if it was a normal if it was a normal season this year. But they beat the Oilers. They shut down Connor McDavid. They shut down Leon Drysidle. And now you're working with the confidence in that. And this the Golden Knights team is a much better team than the Edmonton Oilers. But you still got to do the work. You still got to you got to go out for each shift and beat them. And they're working with a lot of confidence and a lot of Stanley Cup pedigree in that room. I think you wonder if Chicago, when they figured Edmonton out and finally figured out the keys that they are, that they'll be able to apply it against the Knights because the Knights are in a much different position. They do have mm-hmm. the star players, but not the superstar players. I mean, I, I want to be very clear about that. That you know, I'm not discounting the Knights in terms of Stone and Pacioretty, who we haven't still haven't seen skate. Pacioretty's gonna be back in the lineup tomorrow. He's back, but we still haven't seen him go in anything. Mm-hmm. You know, since prior to the pause. He's been hurt or whatever it was. Yep. He is back in Edmonton and he should be ready to play uh, tomorrow. But they, you know, the the star that Chicago found a way to shut down Edmonton stars. They that first line is scary and it yeah. should and it, and it should scare a lot of people and should t- still continue to scare a lot of people. So it seemed like they figured them out quite a bit and it didn't take them very long to, yeah. which just shows you that. There are veterans on the Chicago team. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They are one of the hottest teams rolling right now. Right. And they're they are, they are able and willing and certainly capable of taking that next step and not surprising the Knights anymore. I think you don't want to be surprised by the Blackhawks when they come in. They've been getting no. some stellar Stellar playing goal from Crawford. Well, the last couple of games, sure. That's all that matters, though. Exactly. That's all that matters. I don't care what happened in the series, which, by the way, was Vegas Golden Knights 2, Chicago 1. Correct. It doesn't mean anything anymore. The the hockey now that's being played is what's going to happen. I was so concerned early on in the round robin when the Knights were giving up goals so quickly. There's this thing in baseball that I can attribute it to. And so a guy will hit a home run. And it's kind of on his last pitches or whatever. And you'll see the they'll make a pitching change. Usually the next batter that comes up, when that pitcher throws his first pitch, that batter swings. For the fences. And what's happened, what happened to the Knights in that early game where they gave up a couple of quick goals is is that the, the other team, the, whoever it was, was it, whether it was Dallas. Dallas or St. Louis, Dallas specifically, mm-hmm. when they saw the Knights backpedaling, they saw something. And, and so they, they pushed. And they pushed and they pressed them and they got yep. that goal so quick. I worried about that for a while with the Knights. I, I still have that concern right now yeah. that when they let up one goal, that second one comes 
way too quick for me. Within a minute, maybe two minutes or whatever it is. Exactly. They don't get a chance to settle down, and it feels like the opponents know that. And I'm hoping that DeBoer addresses that with the team and oh, is yeah. able to make those corrections here as we start playing games that really, really count. Their, their inability to stop the hemorrhaging uh, in, in terms of goal scoring is a, a big part of what got Coach Gerard Gallant fired. And, and it's something that they, they definitely worked on with Pete DeBoer. And and in their qualifying rounds, you know, the, the Blackhawks showed the ability to pour it on in those moments and to have that mentality. And that's where that Stanley Cup pedigree really comes in. And we always say it's, it's a great cup resume. And you could say, well, that's what it is. But in terms of the actual application of that, that means they understand. They've seen so many guys at such a high level and the highest stakes. They're like, oh, you guys are starting to run around a little bit, aren't you? Well, guess what? Instead of dumping it in that corner over there, which is the nearest to your bench, I'm going to go the opposite side. And guess what? I'm going to take an inside angle and trap you in there and make sure that you're going to stay in here for the next 45 seconds. So you make mistakes and we're going to have our best guy here just hanging in the slot ready to put it right past court or whoever the op- the opposing goaltender is. And those are those little things that the, that these guys pick up over the experience of the careers. And especially when you have as, as much uh, experience and pedigree as the Chicago Blackhawks. And so that's 100 percent something they're going to have to really uh, bear down on and and do their best to prevent when this series gets started tomorrow night at uh, 730 our time here. It's going to be a late one for everyone else in the country, but you need to get off to a good start. And that's been the main thing about about the goals for the Golden Knights and and most hockey teams is that you want to make sure that you're dictating play and then you're not getting lulled into the other team's game, especially when you're supposed to be the aggressing team. Like you you have to if you're going to be the if you're going to be the favorite. You also have to play the favorite and, and, and know when you're pushing too much or you're not pushing hard enough. It's all a mind game, and it's all way bigger than it usually is. The psychology of the playoffs is always interesting to me. Oh, yes. You know, move, you're trying, to get, trying, to, trying to maintain momentum from series to series. I think this is where the, the Knights had a little bit more of it. And it's funny because we said the round robins didn't count as much and we didn't care as much, but it, it played for the seeding. But I think the teams had to treat it like a regular season. And those who treated it seriously and took it seriously, like the Knights, I'll be honest with you, I think they took it pretty seriously. Damn right they in did. terms of play, they find themselves in that number one seed. But a team like Chicago, they have an advantage as well because they were able to focus on just one opponent. And now it'll True. be interesting to see, now that the Knights get to just focus on one team and get all the tape they can on one team. Because to be honest, they have had to look at so much tape leading up until this point until they had to figure out what was going on because they had to get a win. They had to get a win against St. Louis. They had to get a win against Dallas, and they had to get the win against Colorado, and they didn't know who they were going to play up until the end. So, I mean, again, it's a familiar foe because it's the Western Conference, but it's still, it's not the same team from four months ago. You can pick up some tendencies, sure, but you know, playoff hockey is a different beast, Lindsay. Completely different beast, and and that's where you have to you have to throw everything away that was done five five months ago, or even just a few days ago, because. Everything is about this moment. It's always about that next shift or practice rep or whatever else, because that's how small and detail oriented you need to be at this point. To and that's what's really going to make the difference of who scores the goal in the opportunity and who doesn't. And and then the other thing is, speaking of psychology behind playoffs, you don't think there's a psychological thing going on between uh, Robin Leonard and, and the goaltenders on on both sides as well. Whoever, regardless who plays, considering how much uh, had kind of transpired leading up to the trade deadline when we acquired Robin Leonard, Malcolm Subban's on. The, that other team and if Corey Crawford who was not great to start in that series against the Edmonton Oilers but granted he had like one day of camp because he had the Rona uh, he's he started to settle in a, a little bit but 
that's the other thing as well that I, I think we're going to have to get into on the other side of the break here, Paul, because uh, as a former goaltender and as someone who's been told you're not good enough or we don't want you or, or, or just straight up know a few times and what that does to your psychology and how some of us utilize that, I think that's going to play a much bigger part in this upcoming series against the Chicago Blackhawks. And a lot of people probably either understand or can really articulate. So maybe that's what we'll do on the other side of the break here on the Nightcap. Uh, Paul and Lindsay hanging with you guys here until 530. And uh, we'll be right back on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Unfiltered hockey talk for Golden Knights fans. It's the Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. Greetings and hello to the Nightcap. Uh, thanks for joining us. And if you've missed any portion of our show or any interview we've done in the past here, uh, you can find that on the radio.com app. I know you guys all have it downloaded to your phone already because we we're, we're already all best friends. But in case you had to delete them just so you had some room for your videos or your pictures over the weekend, go to your Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, search out radio.com, and then search out the Nightcap. Include the the because it's important. It's very important. Just three letters, the Nightcap, and uh, hit that little subscription. And then share with your friends because sharing is caring, and we're trying to become hockey people up in here, aren't we, Paulito? We try. We try indeed. And uh, before we went to the break, uh, we kind of started just, we're talking hockey, a little hockey talk, and we got down the road to the goaltending position. I know everyone is shocked, especially you, Paul. We never talk about goalies on this program. I thought we were talking about Chandler Stevenson, who has kind of been Mr. Uh, MacGyver, so to speak, duct tape, Swiss Army knife, sliding, since he got here. sliding into that first line with uh, Bill Carlson and Mark Stone. Oh, by the way, did you hear Doc Emmerich call him Carrier. Oh, boy. He corrected himself. Bill Carrier. It took me at least a himself. month for for me to correct that in my own head. And I only think it, it took about two days for you to completely devolve that. Because once you just get it, it repeats in my head over and over Will and Carrier. over again. But that's Decent my carrier. Carrier. But that's my goalie brain, Paul. That's how I work. You get repetitive. You have to tell yourself messages. We all have our own little things. I couldn't really fully articulate to, of all the little things that I had to do just to stay on an even keel during a game. Because goaltending position is as hard as it is physically. It is a 100% won and lost in between the ears. All the best sports positions are, but especially the goaltending position, Paul. And we know about the the recent history between uh, one of the Vegas Golden Knights goaltenders, Robin Leonard, and, uh, and the Chicago Blackhawks organization. And now that they're facing off against each other in the playoffs, I thought we would kind of dig into that because the Blackhawks were not supposed to be here. Otherwise, they wouldn't have traded Leonard to the Golden Knights. And when he signed there last summer as a free agent, he's he bopped around a couple of teams over the last few years, given his, his history over the last couple of seasons. But he's been playing incredibly well and he's more than deserving of a long-term contract and that's what he was kind of looking for in Chicago considering Corey Crawford is supposed to be hitting free agency after this season and a lot of other things it's an easy organization to want to be like yeah I think I want to be a part of this one there's pretty good success here but that wasn't part of their plan and they end up flipping him here uh, for Malcolm Subban right before the trade deadline and now they're facing off against one another and I think this is going to be if there wasn't uh, a more of a of, of a of a line that was leading to Robin Leonard being the starting goaltender for the for the Vegas Golden Knights right now because I think as a former goaltender myself and as a for, as a coach you got to go with the with the best hand the person that puts you in the best position to win and that's him and I also think because of his history his recent history with the Chicago Blackhawks adds an even more interesting incentive to put him in goal I think that's the one thing that I actually am concerned with just based on how goalies operate mm-hmm. and how we know Robin Leonard operates and if you follow him on social media he's a strange duck there that is for sure or should mm-hmm. I say strange panda 
uh, and, it, and it's interesting to say the least, but I think there's going to be a little bit more pressure on him if DeBoer does tap Leonard on the shoulder and puts him in goal against Chicago because you would think that a guy who knows this team and understands the Blackhawks and he did play for them for the majority of the season would understand tendencies mm-hmm. and understand how guys go, but we know playoff hockey is a different putt, and if Leonard gives up an early goal or maybe gives up a couple of goals early to the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. that's a confidence just crusher. When the expectation is for you to come in and blank your former team because you're supposed to know everything about them. I don't know if that's the expectation, though, because as much as that's part of the goaltending position, knowing tendencies, knowing some of the inside tracks, which they will absolutely talk about, it's not like the Golden Knights haven't played them a thousand times or there haven't been guys in that locker room or have played with guys. Like, that's part of it, but that's not the huge thing. But yeah, if you get out and go, if you go out there and get a couple early goals scored on you, your confidence is going to be in the absolute garbage as a goaltender, and you have to make sure that you don't rot, the boat does not tip over despite the rocky or, or the rough waters to start. But the thing is, is that you can't even have that mindset as a goaltender. Be like, what if I go out there and get scored on twice early? Nope, we can't think like that, Paul. We can't think that things are going to go wrong because if you're already in that mindset, you're already losing. You're already behind the eight ball, and you're already second-guessing yourself. When you're a goaltender, especially one like Robin Leonard, who, who based off of what I've heard him say, the interactions that we have had, is a very – he and I, his goalie brain – would would have uh, hung out in the same part of the the dance floor a lot if we were at a school dance just because we're just we're in the kind of in the same groove. The amount of competitive fire, and I want to say I told you so or I I proved you wrong or you guys made the wrong call on me or, and just for lack of a better term f you with the middle finger. Like that aspect of the goaltending game is something that isn't talked about, that killer instinct, and you have to control it because it's easy for it to get out of control, or if you, especially if you're a goalie that likes to talk a lot of crap or likes to get a little bit outside. But Robin Leonard, based off of how he plays and what he's experienced over these last few years, he's going to be out for vengeance. Was it Koskinen who started for the Oilers? Correct. Koskinen. Not in, the, not in game one. No. That was, uh, that was Smithy. That was Smith, but Koskinen. Correct. It was a shooting gallery between these two teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think Leonard can hold up against the Blackhawks offense, which has suddenly found itself just finding every finding 100%. every nook and cranny? 100%. It's about who has the best game today. Because Jonathan Taves is more than likely going to bring his best game. So is Patrick Kane. So is Duncan Keith. Are you bringing your best game? Are you putting yourself in that position? And and are you able to trust your body and all the training and everything that you've put forth in your body this year and for your entire life that it's going to make the right selection? Because sometimes your body's going to make the bad call. Sometimes it's going to react the wrong way. Sometimes you're going to be caught in a bad spot of your crease. When you play a style like Robin Leonard does, which is deeper in the crease, a lot more angles, a lot more off the post. You'll see him on the post, go out, take the angle, go back to the post, home base. Go out, take the angle if the puck's up high, okay, go back down low, home base. Because you have to always stay on your angles, especially when you're back as far as he is because he's such a large goaltender. That's a big difference between he and Marc-Andre Fleury. He's going to stay back more, let the play come to him. Marc-Andre Fleury's going to try to go more and attack and challenge the puck. But even if there is an onslaught, if there's a lot of craziness, especially if there's a special teams just... uh, like back and forth, which we've seen a lot through these first few games. In some ways, a goalie that sits back more is 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 a more advantageous person to have in your in your net. But it just depends on how everybody's rolling each day. But just for the fact, for the prove, I'm going to prove you guys wrong and that you guys made the wrong call. And everybody who is not giving me a long term contract from Robin Leonard, that's why I want to bet so big on this guy because I know what that feels like to be like in that situation when you're leading up to a big time game and how much confidence in yourself. And if you're able to execute on that. The sky's the freaking limit. Because whatever your goaltender does, your team feeds off of that. That's why you have to be completely stoked. Never too high, never too low, because they are going to, they'll freak out. 
But if they, he starts to turn in a performance like he did against the uh, Avalanche a couple days ago, holy cow. We got to hold on to our bots, people. No, DeBoer's been incredibly diplomatic about selecting and what he's you been saying be. about his two goalies. And he says, well, you know, it's strange that we're in the bubble and it's different and it's good to have two. He's going to eventually have to pick one. He's going to have to pick it's one. It's today. It's, you have to pick today. If, if he hasn't already picked them already, he probably told them earlier at practice. That's typically something you like to tell the goalie before the practice. I don't know. It's just a different situation given the context this season. Maybe, maybe it is that close, but that's how it usually goes. And... You just you like to have the night to rationalize it, to have it settle, to fully prepare, because we are creatures of habit. We do have a lot of tendencies. Not every goalie is the same, but every goalie is weird in their own way and has a certain way of preparing. And so, but I expect, if there's anybody that I would expect a big game one from, it's Robin freaking Leonard, just because he has so, so much to prove. And not only to his former teammates, but to the ones in front of him, because if that's the decision Peter DeBoer makes, that's another uh, convincing job that is going to have to be made. He might be that goaltender, but we will find out tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Your Vegas Golden Knights square off against the Chicago Blackhawks game one. We are going to be watching it right here on CBS Sports Radio 1140. And hopefully you guys stick around with us throughout the playoffs for all of your great hockey analysis. Thank you to Paul and thanks to Marcus. Thank you to everyone. Stay safe. Be well. Wear your damn masks. And go Knights. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.